0: We were raised in a society that led us like taught us that feelings like envy, resentment or embarrassment or anger are bad. When feelings are just feelings, they're just signals communicators. I'm Rachel, and I'm Marcela, and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding
1: podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs.
0: Hello, cycle breakers, welcome to another episode of the Parenting with Understanding podcast. This is part two. We help a parent just like you find more relaxation parenting her highly sensitive child who is diagnosed with autism as well. So today is part two. If you want to listen to part one, then you can listen to it. It's the episode before this one. Last week we discovered that she has some beliefs about herself, about the way that she should parent her kids that came from the way that she was raised from a rigid parent who did not allow her to make mistakes, to be flexible. So right now she's parenting her highly sensitive child who is struggling to transition from that place of I cannot be flexible because being flexible feels scary and unsafe from what I remember growing up. So we are going to help this mom transition to a more expansive belief so she can finally find flexibility and enjoy parenting her highly sensitive child. If you are a parent of a child zero to 18 years old and you want to parent respectfully and then you feel that nothing is making sense or it is a hit or miss, Gentle parenting tips are things that might not always apply to your child and then you feel that you, you wish you had that personalized guidance from a certified parenting coach. The Parenting with Understanding Coaching Program, it's a 14-week coaching experience that you get to sit down with your certified HAC parenting coach in a small group setting where they're going to dive deep in your family dynamic and help you get to the transformation that you're looking for in your parenting. If you feel called to access parenting coaching, I encourage you to schedule a free call with a member of my team. So all you have to do is apply for the Parenting with Understanding program. Open the description of this podcast episode and there is a link there. Fill out the application, and if you do qualify, you can book a free call where we help you get clear on what you need and if it makes sense for you to enroll in the Parenting with Understanding program. Okay, let's go to talk to Pamela about how to parent her highly sensitive child from a place of relaxation and flexibility. Okay, so we're going to do something that I do in several coaching sessions in the Parenting with Understanding program, but we can have a start here. And it's starting making peace with our past. Making peace with our past. Because right now, flexibility feels really stressful and for you. We want flexibility and predictability to feel as safe as I want you to feel safe when you have things to do That when you don't have things to do. I want you to feel safe when you have a schedule to follow and an appointment to go to That when you don't have that. I want your child to get this the present mom on both cases. And I know we can get there, but we need to start solving in that cycle first. Okay. Is it okay if we go back to that moment When your mom turned into that, wow, how come you're not doing this that I want you to do? And then she she yelled at you. If you were to imagine little Pamela living that moment, that specific moment, what is little Pamela feeling at that moment? Scared. And what is little Pamela feeling? needing at that moment when when she when she's trying to tie her shoes but her shoes are not tying quite right and the mom is is like oh tie your shoes you need to get in the car what is she needing if you were to if if grown-up Pamela were to go to that time and tell little Pamela something she needed at the moment what would that be it's okay it's okay it's okay if you
1: inside you. <laughs> It'll be okay.
0: What would you tell Leo Pamela about her feelings, her fear? Her her little heart is pounding hard, her, her hands are clenching up. She feels like her skin is pulling. What would you tell Leo Pamela at that moment?
1: Mommy still loves you, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry, you're you're safe.
0: What what comes up for you now that you're telling your inner child those words?
1: It's just because I guess it was it was scary when my mom was angry, and it didn't come like I was not necessarily a very rigid child as a child. I was quite chaotic and running around, and probably the messy kid. Um, I became a mom young, and. All of that just kicked in as soon as I held that baby in my hands. It was like, oh no, like maybe that that like feeling of everything needs to be put into order so that now I have this little person that depends on me. So I keep her safe. It's like this is the plan, this is the career, this is what you're going to do, this is going to be your income. This is like creating myself a safety net that where I felt I could do this <laughs> because...
0: You know what I hear a lot? You repeated four times the word safe and safety. So you relate that tight structure with safety and, and being safe.
1: Yeah.
0: It makes sense to me that you became a mom and that that was the, the pattern that you started because... And structure and unpredictability and being out of line would, did not feel safe. So now you want to keep this baby safe. So for you, what is safety? Keeping a really tight structure.:
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now this is the thing Pamela. Growing up, that growing up, falling in line with what your mom needed at the moment, served you. Now that rigidity, that structuredness, what is it costing you right now with your four year old? When you tell him, okay, it's time to go, and then he he refuses, and then you feel that tight pull in your skin, and then your hands get tight, and then you really want to scream. What is costing you right now? It served you. And now what is
1: costing you? I guess I just I don't want him to to feel like like I'm not a safe like a safe person for him and because I'm trying the opposite right so um this is actually words I tell him Sometimes when he like wants extra cuddles at night, and he's like, "Oh, well, I'm scared." I'm like, "You don't have to be scared. You're, I'm your safe person. Daddy is your safe person. Sister's your safe person. You're in a safe house. You're okay." Uh, but I want to reiterate that for him because I don't want. I see that it brushes on our relationship, and thank goodness my husband is an amazing balance to me. He is. A lot more patient and flexible, and he he kind of goes with my flow, which serves us well and probably helps run a smoother household. But he tends to be more about all dad, and it it's I try to not let that be hurtful, but it is sometimes. It's just I see that dad is a lot more fun and flexible and easier to get along with, so it's easier for him to to want dad and when he is hurting or when he wants something it, he goes like if i'm home he always of course comes to me but if dad's home it's it's dad and um i want i i guess in my thought it's
0: what does it feel to you witnessing it, that it's
1: it hurts, a, it hurts a little bit i try not to let it bother me because um the little guys like all me. So I figured, okay, well, you know, we'll kind of go through it. But I want to be called by him too. I want I want him to also feel like he can come to me. And that's just something that I want to be, why I want to be so mindful with him is as he's growing, I also want him to reach for me. By the way, all feelings are beautiful.
0: Comfortable and uncomfortable feelings are beautiful. We were raised in a society that let us, like taught us, that feelings like envy, resentment, or embarrassment, or anger are bad. When feelings are just feelings. They're just signals, communicators. So if you were to to say you what you feel when you witness that, that your son goes to your husband and not to you, what would it be?
1: I guess it's a two-way. It's, it's both a... I'm thankful that he has my husband and that he's such a good dad that he feels like he has that bond with him. I love that he has that with him. But yeah, I guess a little envious as well. And not fully because it, it does bring me joy that they're there. But, but I want to be called upon once in a while. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, I'm still here.
0: <laughs> and Envy is a great communicator. Do you know what Envy communicates? Envy communicates the need for belonging. So you want that connection and you miss that connection. And because you don't have that connection and you see that connection happening somewhere else, you crave that. And it brings that feeling of envy.
1: I never thought of it that way.
0: All feelings are beautiful. When we learn to listen to our feelings and to feel our feelings instead of, like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way because envy is a bad thing, then we start learning so much about our needs. Okay, Pamela, so let's move towards, you said in the beginning of the session that you want to help your son. So we discovered in the parent-centric piece of this session that you have a pattern of rigidity, of unflexibility, And we discovered that in order for your son for you to enjoy parenting your highly sensitive son, then it's important to start letting go or softening that pattern of inflexibility and rigidity. If you were to choose one baby step that you could take in towards being a little more
1: flexible
0: with your four-year-old. What would it be?
1: I don't know. Maybe try to give him more time to prepare to leave. Like give him a bigger heads up than I do. Like maybe 15 minutes is not enough. To help yourself be a little more flexible.
0: To soften that rigidity a little bit. So your son feels more relaxed when he's interacting with you. What would that baby step for you look like?
1: to just go play with him instead of focusing on the house stuff and that's okay I can just do it later just the dishes will be there (laughs)
0: that's a great that's a great way what about when is when you have a doctor's appointment how can you soften that rigidity when he complains about
1: not wanting to go For him, I guess that's what I was thinking is just maybe giving him more time or I've been trying to like prep things like the day before, kind of giving them a heads up of what's coming the next day, maybe be more mindful of that so that he knows what to expect. What about for
0: you? When you feel the anxiety raising up, like, oh, he's complaining again, how can you help yourself? to feel a little more at ease with having, with witnessing that unpredictable behavior that your son is displaying at the
1: moment. That I don't know. I wish I knew. Can I help you? Yes, please. Okay. That's great. Okay. So
0: the body is wise. When you start feeling that rigidity, like you are very in tune to your body. That's crazy because Not many parents are. You are in tune with your body and you know that your hands start to tighten up and your head. So when you start feeling like you're calm and you're relaxed and then you start feeling that energy raising up in your body and you start getting tense, what can you do to help you soften out that area physically? What can you do? Can you take deep breaths? Can you maybe stretch your arms? Can you massage your shoulders? What can you do to soften that area?
1: Uh, maybe take deep breaths and try to focus on the my breathing, which is what I tend to do when I have a lot of, like when I have like peak, peak anxiety, is just try to block everything and just focus on just breathing and nothing else and try to let the sensation kind of just flow out of it. And what can you tell yourself as you do that? It will be okay if you're late. (laughs) It will be okay.
0: And if you're late, what would that say about you if you're actually late? I'm just a terrible
1: human. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It feels that way. Um. That I can let it go, (laughs) that I can let it go. See, I try not to do that to the point where I lie to myself and I'm just like, okay, the appointment's at 12. So I'll put it in my phone at 11.30 so that I can be there 10 minutes early and not 10 minutes late because it's hard to leave with kids. So it just bugs me that much that I just lie to my own brain when I schedule things like two months ahead of time so that I can be there on time.
0: And you know what? It makes sense to me that if your mom reacted this way when you did not follow the structure schedule and the time the deadlines and the times it makes sense to me that it created the narrative in you that if you don't do that if you're actually late then you are a bad person
1: well yeah she used to because you've been believing that since your childhood She used to say, it's like you're disrespecting other people's time. You need to be mindful and respectful of other people's time. So I feel like I'm being disrespectful when I don't hand things on time, when I'm late, when I'm forgetful. It's just I feel like I'm being disrespectful of others.
0: That's a narrative that your mom created in you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) And it's a narrative that is costing you peace right now. It's very helpful that you're telling yourself if, if you're late, it's still okay. You're not a terrible person. You're still a mom, and moms are late. <laughs> you tell me. I'm late all the time. We still want to, we, we still want to kind of like plan to not be late on places, but if we're late, what, what does it say about us as people? That we're a terrible person? That was the narrative that was putting you.
1: I was gonna say that's my inner voice. I'm tr- I'm trying to to change that inner voice to be like, it's no big deal. It's it's not ideal, but it's okay.
0: If your son is pulling back and it's kinda of like, no, I'm not going in the car, you're telling yourself that I'm, I'm gonna be late, I'm gonna I'm a bad person. And then you're reacting from that belief. And at that point, there is no gentle parenting that will work when you are acting from that belief. Is it okay if we move on to some things to do with your child, with your highly sensitive child? Yes. Okay, so you say that he's, um, he's a strong willed. He wants what he wants. And when he's not ready to say yes, he, would, he will dip his heels to, to the no. Yeah. Okay, and we already talked about that the things that you're going to do to help yourself. So let's just say you, are, you already are in that calm down place of I'm not a bad person if I get out of the line, if I don't follow the, the rigid rules that I put on myself. You're already in that place, in that expansive belief place. And then your son struggles with transitions. Then you said that you try to give them options, make them more involved, take a break. Those are great things. What about the things before the transition comes? What can you do to prep them a little bit more?
1: Some of the things I have been trying, like I said, is just giving him a heads up like this is happening today that sometimes is helpful that he knows what he's expecting. Some other, that it's mostly a hit than a miss, but it's a timer. Like if I give him a physical timer and I'll say like, okay, in five minutes, we start cleaning up and I he can visualize it. Um, that seems to be helpful with him too. So that he has some sense of,
0: So when you say it is a miss, when it's a miss, what does he do?
1: He wants another timer, (laughs) or he wants, you know, he, he wants something else. Um, then I try to move on to another option. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fight, but it's not, it's not impossible to get him to do what you need to do. It's just more of a struggle, but if it doesn't work with one thing, it'll work with the second or third, but by the second or third, um, he said, "I'm on a time crunch, so I'm like, oh, I, I can't beat three options. Come on, dude, work with me here." So I feel like if I'm in that better state, so it's highly possible
0: that that's the that's the pattern that's the pattern that he's seeing, that the the limit is not real there because the limit keeps being dragged out, dragged out, dragged out until it's not just one option, it's two options, it's not one timer, it's three timers. So it's possible that he's already in that cycle. Yeah, it could be.
1: How do I break that cycle without having a wailing kid in the car? What happens if you do? I can't drive like that. It's just too much sensory for me. The screaming is just overwhelming. So this is what I see. I
0: see that your son may be used to more than like the limits are kind of like there, but they're not there because then you give him more options. And then you say that his screaming really triggers your sensory needs. What can you do to help yourself if he does get to that point of screaming? Because this is the thing, Pamela, when it comes to children's behaviors, they're going to go where you set the thermostat. If you set the thermostat in three options and three timers, that's where they're going to go. If you set the thermostat on one option and one timer, that's where they're going to go. And at first, you may hear crying, you may hear yelling, you may have a tantrum, but with time, they're going to see that that's the limit. And you don't have to yell. You don't have to be angry about it to set the limit. It's, that's just the limit. So it's just one timer, two options, and that's it. Especially at this age. When they're a little older, then the options are a little broader. You know? Like if, if you were to tell your 17-year-old you have two options, does not work because it's a different developmental stage. But we're talking about the four-year-old. You're right.
1: I have to be more mindful of not prolonging it for him.
0: So what I see is that you're doing great things in terms of the things that you're learning. I see that you are providing options, that you're doing the timer, that you're taking a break. I see as well that when, when your children cry, you feel really strongly. You, re- you feel a strong pull to, to fix it, to make them stop right away or to fix it, to help them calm down as quickly as possible because it's sensory triggering for you. And the narrative of if, if I don't feel in control, then I'm a bad person might be present as well. So my, what I invite you to do is keep doing what you're doing in terms of what you're doing with your son. And in addition to that, add the parent-centric piece that we worked on in this session. So you're in a more regulated state and in an expansive belief of flexibility is safe. And even if I'm out of line, I'm still a good person. I'm not a terrible parent. I'm not a bad parent. And number two, when my children cry, that's not a sign that I'm a bad parent that I'm doing something wrong, it's a sign that they're just kids and kids have feelings, especially when they don't get their way. Yeah, that's a big one to take away.
1: (laughs) That's a big one to take away.
0: So let's just say that it's time to pick up the toys and go to the car. And you said you cannot have a Halloween child in the car. So you may need to plan to have that room for the tantrum. At first. Well he learns that the limit is one timer and one and two choices and not three timers.
1: And get a an pair of airpods or something <laughs> until he calls down. Thank you. How do you feel about this? Well really good. Um I guess I just I kinda know where a lot of my stuff comes from, but just getting to hear like being flexible seems to be a need, not just for my parenting, but in general of my life. And it's something I struggle with and I work with and I have to keep working at it because I'm not where I want to be um, as a person with that, that can just deal with. um, I want to control as much as I can control it and that makes it overwhelming. So learning to let that go is hard <laughs> still on the journey
0: so you said that in the beginning of the session that your intention was to find better ways for you to help yourself so you can help your highly sensitive 4 year old do you say that we are moving towards the right direction from from today absolutely this was super helpful thank you so much what is the main takeaway
1: well the main takeaway is um be more flexible. Um not having everything in control is not um or if if things don't go as planned, it's not a reflection on me as a mom. And sometimes kids cry and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah.
0: So when it comes to the one year old, it's not that I'm saying let him cry it out by himself. If he is with an attachment figure like your husband, he's feeling safe. (laughs) He might just need more time to settle down with him because he might not be his primary caregiver, but he still feels safe. So the question is, how are you going to find your own safety during that time so you can get better nights of sleep? Because when we help our children find a new rhythm with the secondary caregiver, That's a huge relief for us. But we need to let go of that control in order to allow that relationship with the secondary caregiver to flourish. Otherwise, our children are going to anxiously cling to us.
1: I'm probably just going to have to put some good music in the background and try to ride the wave. (laughs) Okay, so we are done with the coaching session.
0: If you feel that you like this coaching session, I just feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I'm just kind of like starting to pick through and I want to dive deeper on understanding myself, understanding my attachment style, understanding my nervous system regulation, understanding how my brain was wired from childhood and understanding deeply the needs of my child. The 14th week, Parenting with Understanding coaching program was designed just for that. It's a 14-week experience where you are directly working with an HIC parenting coach every week on two things. Number one, understanding yourself to the core so you finally get through the transformation of not feeling that you need to control, but feeling that you are able to enjoy your parenting from a place of flexibility. And number two, understanding your children to the core so you are able to understand how to communicate with them, how to meet their needs. So you and them are able to find connection even during times of stress and during times of behavior correction. If you are interested, I will, when we're done, if if you could please type your email Or maybe if you can DM me your email, I will send you the link to an application where you can get to answer a few questions. You're going to get on a free call with an admissions advisor from HAC Parenting, and then you get to ask them questions directly about the program. And if it makes sense for you, if it makes sense for your family, then they will will help you enroll in the program. Sounds good. Thank you so much. It's highly possible that in the next few days, you're going to have a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings. You are going to start seeing with their interactions with your kids, the pattern that we discovered today. And that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you, Marcela. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you got anything out of it, leave us a review. Let us know how it helped you. So, we can reach more parents. Follow us at the High Impact Club, at the Considered Mama. You can find us on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. And if you are a customer of HIC Parenting, join our private Facebook group. It is the Cycle Breaker Pride Facebook group, where we hold our private conversation, where we share our experience parenting with understanding our kids. Thank you for listening and remember that it only takes understanding to transform your parenting. I'll see you next week.